0: what's up guys sergeant g here from the stone vet usmc i just want to take this time to tell you i apologize for this week's episode there was some technical difficulties when it came for the microphone and the audio been having a hell of a time getting linda still back out here to re-record the episode but like any entrepreneur, any nonprofit owner and business runner it's hard to find an opening in your schedule to try to meet up to be able to do the interview Please bear with me this week with this episode. I understand the audio is crappy. I did everything I could. I haven't talked to some audio people and they said they couldn't help me. So I did the best I could to try to minimize the, the noise that was involved with the microphone itself, man. Please take time, listen to the episode. I know it's going to suck, but I guarantee you next week's going to be a lot better episode. I fixed the audio. I was able to bring on Frank from Crayons Ready to Eat. I'm super excited to show you what amazing things he's doing but Linda she has an awesome story she's the first woman to be in the arty field in artillery with the army it's a great story I hope you guys take time to listen to it man remember guys I apologize for this I appreciate you supporting me supporting my channel man continue hitting that subscribe button and listening to the new episodes coming out every Friday and every Wednesday man remember hit the stone vet we got your six
1: Crazy, there we go. All right, oh, what's up, guys? I'm here from the Stone USMC. Happy Friday, guys. How you guys doing this Friday, man? You know, the weather's getting crazy, dude. It's been nice and cool lately. Like, it's I can't believe it's, in, it's June and it's fucking it's still raining, ...raining. and it's 60 degrees outside don't believe it, yeah. like, I can't believe it, like, usually right now we're sitting about 95, 105, mm-hmm. right, you, you know, I appreciate you guys coming to hang out with me on this Friday, man, I've got a great guest today, man, I'm, I'm super excited to bring on Linda, an Army veteran, yeah, <laughs> who's doing, who's making a purpose, who's making a difference in our community, so like I tell you guys, one of the biggest struggles we have after getting out of service is, what the hell do I do now? What is my purpose? What is my drive? What do I need to do in my life now? I have been four years, 14 years, to 40 years, and I had, the only thing I know is go to work every fucking day. Yeah. Go, go to PT when time to go to PT. go to freaking work when it's time to go to work, go to check out, come back to checkout, get off work, and do it all over again. Yeah. For the whole act, for your whole time on service, right? Then you get out and you're like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing now, man? So I got, I love doing my show because this is my therapy session. This is my That's therapy. This is my therapy. That's how you can figure out what you need. That's how I figured out yeah. one of the things I wanted to do. So maybe one day you guys subscribe enough and share enough with this. You can start paying the bills too. <laughs> I could be like, Jacko, and Joe Rogan. They're all in those big time podcasts. People out there are making money to do with this, right? And so like I tell you guys, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this information out so everybody has an understanding, man. So, like I said, I got I got Linda here. Linda was a 12-year reservist. She was a reservist. Don't give her a shit. She still, she still signed up that damn guideline. We, we know how we feel about reservists, but, then, I mean, it happened. I mean, she served our country just like we did. You know what I'm hey, saying?
2: you know, some people can only do one thing at a time. <laughs> I can do two.
1: She I can, can do, do two. Right? She's not like, I to get a thing And I can serve in the military, right? So, how are you doing this Friday?
2: I'm not doing bad. I'm trying to stay dry.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: I'm hoping that it doesn't get humid later. Now right. Now that I'm wearing this hoodie. Right. Because yeah, right. that's what's oh, going to happen. You oh, it can get a little
1: bit right, of a and then it's just all of a sudden it's hot itself for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, even though I'm a reservist, I'm still like, a to, to Oklahoma. Yeah, she's, she's so I'm weird. from the desert. I'm from, from Phoenix. Desert. Phoenix, yeah. Yeah. All that's
2: dry. Yeah. It's hot, and hot, Yeah, here,
1: not so much. Yeah, but it's I love you know, my brother is a Phoenix. He lives out in the Phoenix area. Yeah, and I was like, he's was like, move out of town When he gets 120 plus, I tell like, okay, you, take
2: your shit out of your car so it don't melt. It's too hot, dude. Yeah. Yeah, slow. exactly. <laughs> like all of our uh, cars. Places always advertise this car has AC, and I realized when I moved to Oklahoma, like that was an Arizona thing. <laughs> so I'm like, Do you guys have AC in here? And they're like, Every car does. This. Every car yeah. has AC. So the selling point in <laughs> Arizona. So. so you get some time, like, Yeah, this girl gets some shit in
1: my fucking garden. She gets some, just a little bit, yeah. yeah. She the garden, which is pretty It's impressive, dude. It's, I mean, you, not only when you join the reserves, you so you said that you would. Were, you were, What was your first job when you was in the Reserves? What was the first thing that you did while you was in the Reserves?
2: So I was a ninety two alpha maintenance and supply, and okay. you know we worked with the mechanics and we made sure our, our trucks had parts and our vehicles stayed running. And that's what I decided to do in the civilian world as well. So So you were like yeah. you were like a shopkeeper, like a yeah, shop like a
1: shopkeeper, man. I, I, I was an engineer. I was an engineer. So I was working on diesel. And
2: Okay. okay. You know what I'm saying? So you have to understand The aspect of the maintenance shop. The maintenance that's shop, all right? I know. You know right? Yeah, that was my world, you know, for 12 years. 12 so that's years. all right. I knew. Civilian and military, I worked with diesel mechanics. And so, you know, like getting out of the military, for me, was kind of the same. Right. Because when I got out, I also quit my job and started a nonprofit thing. So, like, everything was gone. Everything. Yeah. Right. Two years ago, it was just... I was in the military, I was on the gun line, I was, you know, doing all of these things, I was working with diesel mechanics, mm-hmm. and I got a hold of this issue mm-hmm. that was happening in my combat, you know, role, and what I saw was happening to these men, and I just, like, did a 160, and just totally changed everything in my life. That's crazy, crazy. Yes.
1: Yeah, so. You said, you we were talking earlier, she was saying that she went from the 92, I don't know if fucking do know, I don't know. Yeah. But you went from the ninety two alpha into forty, right? Yeah, you know what you were saying, like you, you transitioned because they're, they're they were getting rid They are phasing out, right? Yeah, just was... we were overstrength. I mean, I okay, was a so part of little bit tired, like a, like a uh, almost like a riff to say you were just too much. You're exactly, there's to, yeah. too yeah. much of you do, they had downsize it, right? Yeah,
2: And so you went on and you became. You know,
1: party a oh, fucking
2: party yes <laughs> Bravo all day yeah when i saw that, i mean just shooting cannons and getting to understand you know how to be a part of a small team like mm-hmm. that how to you know do this mos when i originally enlisted females all you could be was like a, um an mp was right. as closest you could get and i tried that and got yeah. into trouble and they were like you're going to supply and i was like damn it so uh, to get that opportunity, I felt like it was huge. Right. And I was put on a five year waiting list where for five years I had to hump rounds down to the gun line. And so I was oh, like, shit. Damn, me, y'all trapped me. And I was like, Here I was in maintenance supply. Now I'm up on this hill pumping rounds. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to be down this hill over here. <laughs> Not that they ain't light. The rounds ain't light either. <laughs> uh, no, no. One box is 213
1: pounds. Right. So yeah. actually hump the rounds. Yeah. yeah. I was so going to earn it. Yeah, yeah, no shit. I mean, they, they're like, all right, you want me to do this? They're going to fucking, we got a female that wants to do our job. Let's fucking make her own earn it then. Yeah. We're all, We're all dickheads. The men are all fucking dickheads. In the we see the female trying to come do our job. Oh, yeah. We're all assholes. It's a power struggle, yeah. yeah. especially yeah, when
2: I'm 5'3", you know, <laughs> and I'm about 140 pounds, I'm like, go fuck yourself. Like, right? You're not going to tell me what I can't do. And And it was cool because, you know, we built that camaraderie. It was was earned. It was 100% earned. Absolutely. And so, you know, all of those times, you know, learning how to even just properly build around take care of it, make sure that you and your crew was safe, you met all of your safety measures, and you didn't just load something to get it off the tube. Like, you learned each other's accountability. Right. You learned to keep each other safe. You know, you learned that meaning. That was something supply can't teach you or right. just having a support voice can't teach you. Absolutely.
1: And that, that's the biggest, and I, like I said, that's the biggest thing I mean, with, the, with the camaraderie is, that, yes. that is what gets lost when we get out of service. You, know? you do some time and, and you build that camaraderie because you have a job. The job has to be met, right? Yep. You, have, you have a mission. You have to meet. And you can't do the mission by yourself. Like, that's not a one-man job. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And even, I mean, because even if you look at the elite and the best, like snipers, Snipers don't do it by themselves. It's yeah. a two man team. Oh, you got a spotter and you got a shooter, right? Yeah. Both y'all can shoot, yeah. But one of you know is a spotter and one of you is a shooter. So you build that team, you build that camaraderie. And I think that's one of the biggest struggles that, that we deal with as veterans is that when I get out, I don't have that. brother to my left and to my right. Yeah. I can't go and I can't go bullshit with these guys. I can't just hang out with them, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I got I got out and I gotta do a job that to apply for jobs that I don't even know if I'm qualified for. Yeah, you know, and then you go do the job, and you're like, I don't know if I even want to do this job because it's not—it's not who I am. It's not what I am, you know. And, I think and
2: there's maybe, just like an emptiness. Yeah, you know, because we were even. Even being in the guard, you know, for me, I always kind of had a different type of personality. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I worked with diesel mechanics, I didn't have a lot of female friends. Right, know, not a lot. There's there not was a none in the civilian world. I, was, I think I've had,
1: so I had females, but they never fucking get the job. That was always mm-hmm. a struggle, you know what I'm saying? They were, they, were, they, were, they were engineers, but they they were always in the office. They never yeah. fucking get the job. And then but I had one girl. She was rough, too. She was, she was backwoods, redneck, fucking she was, she was rough, right? She didn't rough on the eyes. But, it, <laughs> but she got her ass out, and she busted her knuckles. She busted a fucking knuckles with you, and she would yeah. break, break fingers with you just to get a fucking engine, engine into the fucking
2: machine, yeah. you know? And so... It's equally as hard to be in that female, though, too. Yeah, No. You it, know, it, it, know what I mean? Because, like, I went through that even on the gun line, you know, where I just simply wanted to do my job. Right. And I had, you know, a gunny come up to me and be like, like, you have to go back and take a shower. And I was like, like are we all going back? Like, do you, why do I have to go back and take a shower? And you're like, or something." like, blah, 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 The female's got a shower. And I was like, yeah, I'm on my period. And I'm not, like, I'm not there, you know? And then he's blush red, you know? And I was like, oh, so we're not ready to have this conversation, you know?
1: I mean, from my standpoint, I never knew that it was so, so as rampant as what it is. The, MST with the yeah. military. I, I, I was not aware of it, you know what I'm saying? But being able to bring these guests on my show, I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, you, you have to, you know, I got three daughters inside. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is something, like, I don't want them to join the military. I don't want any of my kids to join the military. Except, so I said, there's no fucking the yeah. Do I believe that everybody should? Yeah, everybody should fucking join the military. Just so you can understand it. But I what my kids to do. You know what I'm saying, yeah. I kind of, kind of that shit like, no, hold on, you don't need, you don't, because the shit that we got to deal with, I mean, we deal with a lot of shit, you guys know, you know the things that you deal with on a regular basis,
2: it sucks, because you got to deal with them every single day. Yeah, what we do comes with the sacrifice, yeah. but the lessons that we learned could have have come from anywhere else, yeah. you know what I mean, I, I had enough things happen to me in my military career that were positive and negative. That I still would rather take that over a civilian life, well, yeah. bro. I would rather <laughs> have my issues as a veteran than have issues as a civilian. Yeah, to be honest, okay, and to be totally fair, right? and I think maybe that's something that my service taught about me mm-hmm. was I had to walk both paths. I got to see where the military failed the soldier, and I got to see where the civilian world failed the civilian. We well, always fail each other. Yeah, we're not
1: bad we're yeah. That, that, that's the biggest thing is trying to find, like I said, when you get out, what is your purpose? Mm-hmm. What, what are you doing now? What, yeah. are, what what is it? I mean, like you said, you're gonna fail at civility and You failed at the military. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? You, you're gonna fail at life. I tried to teach my son. He's sixteen. and I tried to teach him. I said, "You're gonna fail in life. If you don't fail, you're doing something wrong." You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a suck. Yeah. I said, but look at all the motherfuckers who have done it. Mm-hmm. Look at fucking Bezos for fucking Amazon. Look at fucking whatever the fuck new this Apple. Yeah. They all started in a fucking garage trying yeah. to figure out what the fuck do I got to do? What is my purpose? What is my drive? What is it that I want to be? What do I want to be? You know what I'm saying? My son always "That's me. I'm like, I'm, 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 my birthday's my birth birth coming up. And it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said, I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm almost 40 years old. I don't know what the fuck I want to be. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what, what, what my drive, what my passion is. My passion is this. Come and shoot the show with my brothers and my sisters, mm-hmm. and talk about what they're doing, their drive, their purpose, and how we, as a community, can help you guys grow. Yeah, and allow you to succeed, right? Because in life, if you don't know, you don't know. Right. That's what I try to tell my kids, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. Plain an example, Nonprofits that are out there, I didn't realize how many veteran nonprofits there are. Tons. Tons. Yeah. Tons. I talk so we are stuff. not lacking in support. No, not but at all. Not at finding each other. So far, finding I'm each other. Though, how yeah. do we do it? You know, since like I tell people with the transition. I don't know how the transition is for you, since you're already a civilian and you're playing army. No. <laughs> okay. Not, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, for active duty people, so like I said, active duty, we do it. With, it's our job. It's our life. We mm-hmm. do it all day long, right? You know. So when we transition out, the transition. Side for us because we don't have anybody showing us, these are the resources that are out there for you. Yeah. Let's get you, let's get you a resume written up. Let's get you
2: disability. I think everybody you. assumes that like the guard and soldiers have that. Yeah. Well, no,
1: and I, and, I, and yeah. I don't think yeah.
2: you guys do. But yeah. I don't know because I don't know. Like, that's a, like, what was your transition? Yeah. When, when your time came, what was your transition? Mine was terrible. What was it? Terrible. It was. It was like I was even less important than I was already. Because like you're already getting you get a job. Well, and like well, my yeah. problem was COVID happened. 10 okay. days before my re enlistment. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, yeah, I had 12 years with the intent to re enlist. Uh-huh. And I had some messy sergeants who didn't like me. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so, you know, what's difficult, like, let's just be honest, right? When you're active duty, you have an opportunity to check on your paperwork, and your everyday is centered around making sure your stuff is straight, right? No, You know, most kids right now who are in the National Guard after four or five years don't even know how to log into their IB firms. You know, like oh, it's something that's just not even inherently taught to National Guard soldiers. So, like, for me, I didn't get it out processed. Really? It was like, well, COVID happened. You didn't sign any real enlistment paperwork. Bro, that's been a year. I'm like, where's my 8214? Could could I have something? Like, even maybe like, like, yeah. Was I a part of something? You know, like, I still haven't received anything. They turned in my gear without me. You know, because you guys have a dedicated place that you go, Mm -hmm. right? You have a base, and it's fortified, and everything else. My National Guard unit was an old DMV spot over in Shawnee, Oklahoma. (laughs) (laughs) I got to drive 45 minutes, and those assholes don't want to answer the phone. I'm not driving, so they just started in my gear without me. Oh, shit. Yeah, now I'm over here like, oh, no. This one time, I think I did, like, 12 years in the Army, but then they let me go, like, I was never there. No, yeah, so, like... So, you yeah, the the transition's even worse. It's what terrible.
1: Are, what about you guys? You guys that are watching the show, you guys are in How was your transition? What, yeah. What, what is, it? is it? Is it as bad as a slip? Yeah. As our transition to trying to get the hell out? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I mean, nothing. But that is one of the biggest struggles. Like yeah, I mean, so, for you guys, it's as much of the struggle as it is for an active person. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's one of the biggest things that sucked, you know, is that... There's there's a lot of websites that you go to and shows you all, all these DM resources that are out there yeah. to help you. What do I do when I get up? Who, who can I who, how do I get a resume written about what I've done? You know, how how do I go about collecting unemployment? How do I go about GI Bill? How yep. do I go about this? How do yep, I get my medical that? records? How do I get my medical records? So I mean the transition obviously sucks. Yes. So you as a government you obviously suck at help
2: so like, yeah, for okay. instance, guard soldiers do the majority of their medical stuff Just happens in the civilian world. Right. Nobody tells you to track down that stuff. Right. Nobody, you know, <laughs> like, there's no medical person at my National Guard armory because I was in a combat in the West. So there were only 13 bravos, one admin person, one supplies person, one readiness person. Other than that, nobody's helping you. Right.
1: You know, so you're, so you're like, like, what the fuck do I do? And that's that's why, I mean, that's one of the struggles. That's yep. what I was trying to, I talked with Ryan from Electric Construction. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about what I so was we doing. We get screwed over. I mean, because, I mean, he was he was a recruiter, so when he transitions out, it's different because it's almost like a civilian. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a recruiter, so he's not attached to a unit. He's not attached to, like, a major unit. Yeah. Where you can go you can, because they can give you a week long class to say, okay, here's a week long class. What the hell is a week going to teach me that I've done for the past four years? Yeah. Like the past 14 years? What is that going to teach you yeah. in a week? What can I learn in a week? You know. Like,
2: how, how do I go? It's gonna take or was it even right? like in conjunction with like, the community you were around you were like what? where did you get PC out of? So I, I, when I, when I got out of
1: Mariko, I got out of Hawaii mm-hmm. in Hawaii, uh, Kaneohe and so they gave me a week long class mm-hmm. so here's a week long class that you can go to, to help you get out the only benefit that I had is that I had an eighty person in there that helped help me with my disability started, get my disability started. Mm. You know. When I got out of the I was at thirty percent, right at thirty three percent.
2: duty guys was like okay I'm a national guard soldier so everybody I drill with is also lives here. Yeah. Right. like when I get out, y'all are gonna still be here. Yeah. No, they don't call you either. You no, know what I mean? Like, have... no. oh, I thought I had it solid and I was like I'll just twelve years, you know, and we're all living in the same state. We all bought houses around you know I mean how could we avoid each other? Could, right? Yeah, it turns out you can no, just like, like active no, it's
1: it sucks yeah. because you know because I mean tell you guys that we all have lives. Yeah. We all have lives. I got a wife. I got seven kids. I got a job. I got all, all this shit, right? Yeah. But I said, like, we have to take time to reach out to each other. to talk to each other and say, hey, man, how you been? I was thinking about you today. I was just, well, I'm make sure you was good. I want to make sure you are good. Yeah. You know what There's days that suck. There's some days that you just fucking kick you nuts. It's like, I'm done. Well, that was last week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know but it sucks, you know what I'm saying? And you know, it, it, it sucks, because that's like what I tell my wife. I, I just put the bitches in my box and I just try to put them on the shelf and push them as far back as I can. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and it sucks when the bitches fall I'm like, I, I can't deal with you right now. Like, Why, yeah. why, why did you fall now, like today, yeah. out of all, all days? Like, I, I'm fucking needing shit right now. And you decide to come off the damn shelf. Yeah, like I wanted to think like about it. Like, like, I want to deal with your shit right now. <laughs> I don't shit I'm dealing with. You know? It <laughs> it I sucks. think <laughs> it was the same box
2: fell
0: for me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know
1: you're like, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> That's what I think. So, so, we all understand the US government has failed us when it comes to transitioning out of a military, out of active duty service, the guard service. Yeah. Uh, out of, of transitioning from, from, from the armed forces, we understood that the DOD government don't give
2: you shit about us. It. Or we are really each other's resources. We are your Stop own. complaining <laughs> thinking that the government was supposed right. to be. Supposed to help us, but right? The reality so, is, is, we did our time together to learn from each other. Right? Yeah. And like, when I, were, I used to work work at a team of Force space, and um, I also do this thing on Wednesdays called Coffee with the Vet. Yeah. And both of those things had one thing in common. Veterans love to help each other. Right? Absolutely. You don't even have to ask. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're more like, wait a second, you have to follow your VA people you yeah, working. Yeah, right. You know, right. like, oh, No, God. it's true. It's true. Uh, we, we love helping each other. Yeah. You know,
1: the biggest thing is that we love talking with each other. We love hanging out and enjoying. Time and commodities, this is why I do the show. As I said, we love to hang out and talk. and just, oh, yeah, I had to tell you about my case. Yes, it shit happen like that before. You know, yeah. Saying? And we can sit around, we can sit around, we so take one, this bullshit, just hang out and enjoy the time together, you know? So now you've gotten out, right? You've gotten out got of the army, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're done. You're, you're 12 years. You said, I'm done. I'm not like, doing this. So yeah, much. I'm not dealing with you people. I'm not dealing with the agents. Yeah. the right? And now you've. you've a do. like, I don't yeah. even know what to tap on. Like, I, I can tap on this, or I can tap on that. Like, Y'all really don't, I don't even know. She, like he's not lying. she keeps her head moving, and her brain keeps moving so the demons can't come down so she can move on to the next thing. It has to be. It has, it has to be. be.
2: Because my brain slowed me down, and I was like, there's all the boxes. No boxes are coming. There's started this little fucking shit. And so you started an app, right? You have an app. Yeah so it's in development right now we have um you can't go out and find it if you if you find me i can create you an account and you can kind of see it behind the scenes uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah i started an app called civil rights matter and we got featured in Forbes last month and they were just like well, who, how are you doing this you know cuz i keep telling everybody i did it for free and right. i and i did I read a whole bunch of books and I Googled how to make an app for free and (laughs) I found an answer. So, I'm telling you, Google saved my life. But I um, I started just trying to figure out how to give us back our rights. And that's what I learned in my time in (laughs) service every single time I got in trouble, it was some (laughs) sort of higher up commander or somebody said, Well, the policy said.
1: The
2: policy said. okay, our subject you know, and, and what I realized was civilians don't know their policies, right, oh my god, you know, I was just like, this is what's wrong with you people, I was like, like, you realize that you're upset with how this agency or this, you know, job treats you, but they're allowed to because it's a policy set, policy, yes, yeah, so you, like you got to know your policy in order to know how to protect yourself. That's how I got it, you know, at Article 15. Like, that shit, right? That's how you learn these things. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because, I mean, I'm still dealing with the shit at work. Like, yeah. policy,
1: right? Policy, policy. Right? They, 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 they tapped me because I self-identified as said, yes. I smoke weed to deal with the shit that the government gave me. Yeah. I went to fight for, for your freedom to be able to be my supervisor. And now you're tapping me saying, oh, well, you're not allowed okay. to smoke weed. Okay, I got you. We're going to fire you. No, 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 no. Your policy. Always pay attention. States that I have a last chance agreement right here because I self-identified. I didn't pop hot on the piss test. I told you I smoke weed. Yeah. I've never popped
2: pot on the piss test. I self-identified. I told you. Yes, yeah. I smoke weed. So if you're like a civilian coming across this post, <laughs> yeah. right, you're coming across this video, what you'll understand is every form in our careers have to be reserved, guard, or active duty everybody cared about those policies. Policies, policies and we knew our policies you right. cannot mess with me <laughs> if I know my policies right. I know my blood is three inches from my head because the policy on this page said I'm so well, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know <the> boy, <laughs> uh, something about ponytails <laughs> yeah, to yeah <laughs> but if you talk to civilians you know <laughs> civilians will just oh, go right. on themselves <laughs> you know like bro no the policy said if you just told them first you want to be in trouble, right? So basically, what my app is is taking that first step and making a second step, which says, let's say you texted your boss and you said, "No, man, I self-identified." Here's a screenshot to that policy, right? Right? And then he responds with, "Okay, cool." You screenshot that. You text. You screenshot that text message and you send it up to my app, right? Your personal documentation account. And that is the first step to you guys documenting you on behalf of yourself.
1: No,
2: Every boss does it to you. <laughs> Every – your spouse does it to you. Right. right. An attorney will do it to you. Everybody on their behalf, a state agency will do it to you. Every time you sign something, you communicate with them, you do whatever. It is saved into their little bank of
1: documentation,
2: documentation of how they, according to their job, protected a policy. Right. You should be doing the same for yourself. No shit. We should be doing the same thing for ourselves. No, it's, very true,
1: it's very, beneficial. Yes. to understand what your, your rights
2: are as an yes. American citizen, or right? if and how you're being discriminated against. Right. You know, everybody, nobody can discriminate against you if you can't prove you've been discriminated against because it is your job to prove that.
1: Right. And it yep. is, and that's- we would like to give a huge thanks to Rafa 180. Rafa 180 offers pure medicinal CBD and products made locally. They walk alongside individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle with options needed by each person. You can learn more about them on Facebook at Rafa CBD. Their website www.Rafa180.com or email at RafaCBD at gmail.com. They truly believe your journey matters. Because, what? because I fall under the white category. Did you record <laughs>
2: this? Did you have this recording? Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have fucking recorded uh, yeah, it. Right? Yeah, I'm telling you, every time I hear stories like this, so I'm like, like, man, if only you had this app. No shit, yeah. right? But
1: it, but yeah, they told me because I, I classify as my nationality is white. Because all the documentation, because there's nothing there for Mexicans. Because what? I fall under the white category, I can't file an you know, email complaint against white people. I said, "Who the fuck said that? Mm-hmm. Like, where is, this where is this policy? Where is this policy? At? <laughs> where is this documentation?" At? And I'm like, "All right, I won't go from that anymore. That's fine. I'll let that one slide. I'll let it go the way it wants to go. You know, I, I, I've gone to my boss. I, thought, I don't want to do this job. Anymore. However you want to see it, however you want, however you want it to go. I, I don't want to do this. Anymore. I've done it. I, I fixed it. It was broke for three years. You're paying more people more. You're paying people more money than me to run this job, and they broke it." And I came in with a lesser pay, and fixed it, and got it back into compliance perfect the policy. Yeah. And I'm tired. I'm done. I don't want to do it. I did everything I can. oh,
2: so, okay, okay. That's it. I'm like, well, we'll see where the hell it goes now. Yeah. See, for way? me, I always think, like, there's going to be something that happens down the road, and they're like, well, remember when that one guy worked here, and he said, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Bro, I'm not even kidding I record all my phone calls. So I was like, what do you think he said to me? No, no, here it is. This
1: is what you said. This is what yeah. you said. This
2: is what no, because, you know, I went through my time in the service, I got an Article 15. You know, I was a card from promotion. <laughs> I And what was crazy is that I was punched in the face by an NCO. Okay, I was an E4, she was an E5, she was cooler than me. You know, like, <laughs> her husband was, and that's the difference about the Guard, too, is, you know, you can be in different units all over the state, so people don't check your. your relationship statuses you right, know right, right. her husband's a commander or, or a captain in some other unit you know nobody cares about specialist seal, you know right. like, push that under the rug <laughs> and so we all called IG back home yeah and what we didn't realize you know is IG and the command well they get paid by the same ass person yeah, yeah. you know and they're all trying to protect that same ass policy nobody cares about the seals I being messed up you know right, right. That's the NCO of the year last year we just a bunch of specialists this year yeah, so sure. we got to figure this out. Yes, we got to squash this and make it not stand Yeah. Yeah, so I get the article 15 because the policy stated that there was a way you file an niggy complaint you, you really? got you know you can't jump the chain of command and you can not blah blah blah, blah. I never documented. (laughs) You know, that my first argument wasn't me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Providing a way for people to document on on behalf of of themselves. On behalf of themselves. Your civil rights. Your rights. How what your boss does or that policy and how they use that policy to hurt you, right? Or to make an effect on you, that should be documented. Because how are we gonna change these policies if we don't know how they're affecting us? Right. How are we going to change, you know, these laws if we don't know that they have real consequences? Right, absolutely. And so, you know, being that first female artillery woman here in Oklahoma, everyone was like, how did you get involved with dads? You know, and that's, dads, right? that's what I do. And that's, a, that's the biggest thing. So you yeah. have this
1: app that's helping fund yeah. your nonprofit that you started. Yeah. So the, the, what is the nonprofit that
2: you, you started here in Oklahoma? What is, what's the name? Yep, and you can find us on a childsworth.org, and what we do is we create innovative resources and co-parenting solutions so that parents can maintain equal time with their kids while being qualifiers for whatever resources they need to better their lives, Right. which is totally different than how we have it in the world today. Right. So underneath a child's worth, we have Furnishing Fatherhood which was my first resource that I created, and we furnished homes for all dads who had gone through a divorce or separation. Wow. And the first houses we started furnishing were those soldiers in my unit because I like went into this all-male battery, is like 60% of these men who were also only every other weekend dads, you know, who had done Three combat tours, who had been 15-20 years of their life in the military, and all of them only had their kids every other weekend, and we were civilians the majority of the time. So every other weekend, it's true. Weekend, it? exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and so we were just like, it was, it was realizing that where a service member and a veteran could come together, be considered right. equals, it's family court. Because I know what you're doing, because with your, with
1: your nonprofit. I mean, she, she, she should follow Linda on Facebook. She's always doing shit, not just for the veteran community, but for the community. Period. Period. Yeah. Like we all have to live here. We all have to live here. Like she, like granted, she she's army, right? She she's a veteran, but she's not only just helping our community, but she's making our community look even stronger by helping the community that we're in. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, because I just saw that.
2: You know, dance recitals make sure our kids are at their reading level that they're supposed to right. be at, discipline them and make sure they're not running out into the road. Go to your full time job, serve your country, serve your community to take your kids to sports, have dinner, cooked and have a clean house, you know, right? And pay your bills on time. And I'm over here and I was like, okay, well, so what resources do we qualify for to get all this shit done? Right. Like, all of this is my responsibility, right? Where's my, where's my like book? of help or like a direction right. or like does my neighbor give a shit like at least when I was in the military you know my gun crew cared Right. you know and they had to care because we had to make sure those rounds were built properly and left out properly and so when I realized as a civilian Nobody cares. Right. You know, it was. No, and that is that's a society we yeah. live in. Nobody cares. If no. it doesn't have to do it with us, I don't care. If you're not going to pay me to do it, why am I going to do it? I don't care, right. you know. So, so everything I've done, I've done for no money. I, I am proving a point, and I have been proving this point now for a while. Right. It does not cost money to help people. No, and if you don't, time is yours to give, right? You cannot pay me somebody, you cannot pay me for my time when you have children who need a bed, right. when you have to go to work in the morning and you're sleeping on, you know, a mattress on the ground because right. of, you don't have a pump for your air mattress anymore. Like I've been there with a parent, you know, like I've been there with a parent. Right. And so what I realized going into this field artillery position is it was normal for men to be expected to serve their community under those conditions. Normal. When men go through a divorce, the majority of them do not keep their house. You know, which means the majority of them are homeless. That's no doubt. Divorce is the biggest thing that happens in the military. How many of those men a lot of times? Like I said, I'm i bring a lot
1: of guests on the show, on the second, third, fourth marriage. Yeah. And it's like
2: we never thought about it yeah. how many times that man has been homeless but still made sure he was ready to deploy right we've never thought about how many times that man has slept in his car in front of his duty station because his wife you know kept the house right and we expect these men to serve under that condition no, so absolutely. when i got to the gun line and this you know i'm listening to these men i'm having them over at my house because what i experienced as a female <laughs> right is now i'm I Building camaraderie with these men, right. but all their fucking wives hate me, <laughs> you know, because it's their second marriage, right. and I'm over here like, I don't give a shit about you, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. So, I started having them over at my house for dinner, and that's how I got so close with these men is I wanted to know what happened to their families, and I wanted to understand, like, second marriage, third day, baby mama, cool, been there, like, we're <laughs> you know? and what I realized was, um. Uh, By earning their respect, I earned the respect of their wives, right? right? And then when we were out shooting on that gun line, it was so much easier for us to be able to break down those barriers because I cared about them as parents and as people. And when the Army Times came down and they still saw them as just soldiers, you know, they didn't realize it was those men who was getting the dirt off my face for that interview. You know, it was those men that were making sure that we all packed up what we needed so nobody was out cold and raining. And when she made that comment to me, well, I can't wait for there to be a day where there's this all-female gun crew. And I just looked at her, and I was like, there you go again, ruining my equality. Like, Do you know how hard it was for me to do this job equally with these men? Right. And you want to sit here and say that I'm going to be above these men, or now somehow I've done this job without them, it's like you've already forgotten about their fatherhood, and now you want to forget about them on the gun line, too, just because I'm standing here. Right. And she was just like, "What?" Yeah. You know? What's going on? That's, yeah. that's the diversity that we have in our country right now. It's it's, it's there. The army didn't teach us how to be special. Right. No. You know, the army taught me how to be a soldier. Right. Being a female in the gun line was no different than being a soldier on the gun line. Right. I just had to learn what I was going to do with that one week in a month. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah, it was, you know, it had its own constraints, but it had nothing to do with the job. No, absolutely. And I felt that if I was going to, be to stand honorably and be like, yeah, I passed those high physical demand tests, I ended up passing artillery school pregnant. You know, like, yeah. if I can sit here and give myself these accolades and these accomplishments, you know, for being a female accomplishing this, and I can't equally say that these fathers are coming onto this guideline with more mental health problems than me and doing this job better, who am I? Right. And that's what I saw was a problem in the civilian world. Everybody wants to look at their own accomplishments or be acknowledged for what they've done but without looking at the sacrifices that's been happening right next to them that they've done silently. Right. Silently.
1: Yeah,
2: absolutely. And so I represent fatherhood.
1: You represent oh, fatherhood. And <laughs> co-parenting. <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's a, one of
2: the hardest things is getting an
1: understanding of listening to people on what's going on. You're listening yeah. to people. Yeah. I mean, I mean the way our society is right now, you catch it on my Wednesday episodes always talking about what's going on in our country. What's going on in our society right now? There's so much hate in our country against this guy or that guy or the color of your skin, yeah. whatever the fuck it is, you know what I'm saying? Oh, brand new,
2: Absolutely. we do. There's absolutely. a lot of things that we do not do to the best of its ability. There's a lot of policies that we follow that are from the 1930s. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like right. we right. need a reform. Right, absolutely. But what people don't understand is a reform doesn't happen overnight no. because you show a problem. Right. If we're never talking about a solution and we're working through those kinks of what we think is a solution could be, we're always going to stay having the same problem. Yes. And so what we're doing is but another thing on my list, if you know, making a nap wasn't enough. You know? <laughs> making a nap, and making a <laughs> no yeah. what, <laughs> what else, do I do? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually helping to build an all-veteran-run community center, full of all-veteran-founded nonprofits who are not state or federally funded. Okay. And everybody's like, "Well, what does it matter if you are state or federally funded?" means i have to comply with the policies that i don't agree with. <laughs> that's a stipulation but you're a profit you are
1: not or federally funded not at you all are community 100%. funded 100 you guys give the donations yes to be able to provide for the community
2: yes right yes so like all of our furniture is donated by my neighbors um all of our gas comes from people who believe in what we do and i furnish at least 150 houses a year for absolutely no money. Nobody pays me to do my job, and the money that we do receive gets us to the furniture for free for everybody. Right. So, like, when we started doing this, it was furnishing for fatherhood and we furnished homes for dads. We grew so much that we furnished houses for all parents. <laughs> okay, like, like as long as you have produced a child and you were trying to get from A to B and do what's best for you and your kids, like I will furnish your house. It's, because that's who we were as soldiers, right? You know, we took care of each other. I hated most of the soldiers I worked with. <laughs> you know, like they were irritating. Some of them were retarded, but they still had a job to do. And we still took
1: care
2: of. Them. You, you still took care of. Them. Still took care of them. You guys
1: know what it was like. When yeah. you, you always had that number that you're like, I hate. Like I cannot stand
2: them, but you yeah. always make sure he had
1: all the fucking resources he needed, yeah, he all
2: the shit he needed in order to get the job done. In, in the army, we always say, you know, Joe's don't mean to fuck you, right. Joe's just do. <laughs> That's civilians. Right. Like I figured it out this whole last time they were teaching me about civilians, right? And so it's just it's just learning, you know, that we learn these lessons in our service, mm-hmm. and we learn those lessons so that we can apply them to the civilian world. Right. Because these civilians need help. Right. You know what I mean. They have a lot of great skills, but they don't understand what camaraderie is. Yeah, we're the only ones that can teach that.
1: Right. Absolutely not, you know?
2: Absolutely not. Like I said, I mean, this is the biggest struggle that we have is like that camaraderie
1: that we don't have. We don't have that brotherhood. Right? Like we lose a camaraderie. We move back home. We move. We move somewhere completely away
2: from everybody. Yeah. Know, whatever isolation, whatever it is. Or the media divided us and made mm. us think that knowing each other's political views, views really matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It, no. does, it doesn't matter. Whatever your political views are, left, the white, yeah. libertarian, or whatever
1: the fuck you are, it doesn't matter. How are you as a human
2: being? Yeah. How are you as a human being? Are you? Do you care for other people's well-being? Are so you going to pick your neighbors up if they fall? Right, exactly. You, you know, understand? I would I care more about that answer than if you voted for Biden. You, you know, no, no, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. care who you voted for. I really
1: don't care, but what what are you doing in your community to ensure your community grows? Exactly. That it has a backbone, that it, it can stand on its own. Somebody gets a flat tire, how can you help them? Yeah. Somebody needs a fucking dinner, a hot meal, how can I feed them? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I said, we go to church, I go to church, and we somebody has a baby or they just got a surgery, we do a meal train where mm-hmm. people bring the meals yeah. on a daily basis. If somebody doesn't bring them something, and it's cool because then you can look at them like, some of the food. Like, how the fuck? Do they eat this every day? Like, <laughs> but it's a hot meals. You know what I'm saying? It's care. a hot They care to yeah. they
2: say, hey, I want to bring you into my culture so you can see how I eat. It. Yeah. You know? See, and so, I think I, we were blessed that way. You know, yeah. like. We have that opportunity in the military to get to know other cultures. Right. You know, and even though I was guard or whatever, <laughs> we still move around, okay? Like, we still eat food from other places, too. You know, but, like, I grew up in Phoenix. Right. My, most of my neighbors were Spanish. Right. Most of them didn't speak English. And we grew up very poor. Yep. And, and so, you know, through, I guess, another little situation, I'll tell you about how <laughs> When I was in the guard, I was 17 when I enlisted, and my mom found out I had gotten in contact with my biological father. Mm-hmm. Now, the guard signature is just like an active duty signature. Those people do not care. Right, you know, like, right, they're right. like, you signed on that dot And I'm like, but I'm homeless, and I'm living in Iowa now. What do I do? Right, right. And they're like, oh, we'll interstate transfer for you. <laughs> so I ended up, before even completing AIT, mm-hmm. I was a homeless high school kid who lived in four different states. Um, ended up getting like a GED and all this other stuff and I was in the guard. Well, at that time, experiencing what I did, I had four years, my first four years in the guard, homeless, carrying around my like, gear around Oklahoma and Arkansas and sleeping over, you know, in creeks and whatnot. Like it was insane. It is,
1: it is I mean for you to be able to do that, like I was homeless in serving our country. But nobody
2: insane. should be. Yeah, nobody it's- should be. Awesome. you would be surprised with how many of those flag wavers down in Oklahoma City that do the parking, I've served with That are serving today. Okay. National Guard soldiers who leave to go to Iraq, right, and come home to go live in a shelter. Like, um, so anyways, I was a soldier. And I picked up soldiers like that. And I fed soldiers like that. And, you know, in order for me to get here and walk through that path, it took a lot of people who didn't have to care Right. you know, to pick me up if I didn't have a ride or you know whatever. It doesn't go away. There's a new batch of soldiers going in right now. Every fucking yeah. 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 That's what I, was, I, had a, I had another guest and another on the
1: show. And he does, he's a transition coach, Brandon. And he uh, he's like you know he said you know there's an average about 200,000 service members to get out of service mm-hmm. every year, and it's like. What are they being taught? How do I get out? Are they homeless? Because I mean, a lot of us like—I mean, this is what I tell the people: the, the difference between like enlisted and officers. Officers, you went to school and you got to live life before you join the military. You got to understand what my life was like. Me, and I joined when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. I got my GED and yeah. I joined when I was seventeen. You know, and so I didn't know what life was about. I didn't know what life had to give me. I didn't. I didn't know. I worked at Albertsons for six months. I worked for six, yes. six months. You know. And so the understanding of what
2: you're saying, these guys are homeless, but you get they still have to mount up and get ready for war. What they know you is know? That they don't want to be or come from where they are. Right. And that's what leads us to our service. Right. And that's what we all had in common. And it, I think it was like a mutual understanding and respect of like Yeah, we all had childhoods. Right. And and this is I'm the saying? equity we could ourselves. Right. It's an accountability on your part to know the policy before you sign the line. Right. You know, it's something we had to learn the hard way and getting uh, civilians to understand like when you understand the policies, you understand when they're bullshitting you. Right. You know, right. we've had moms who have come to me and said, Hey, the police officer said if I don't give up where my baby daddy is, then my child's living in an unsafe living condition and they could just take our child. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, this is a not happening, you know, that is a lie, they not do that, I was like, do you know what a POA is, you know, and so writing powers of attorneys for parents is huge, like, I have a 17-year-old mom coming to me with her 17-year-old baby daddy, you know, who's trying to be accused of something he wasn't a part of, blah, yeah. and if you don't have the power of attorney at your child's daycare, on your person, or where your child is, in not in your presence, the state can take your child. God, you know that's what I mean? Like this. Even, because don't we don't know how to read those policies. No, we don't. We don't. And not. that's a scary thought. It's, it's a lack of knowledge. Yes. We,
1: we, we're not. We live life and we, we live life with the best that we you know how to live. It. Yes. Without any guidance, without anybody providing resources to yourself to say, "Hey, probably look into this." Yeah. to look into this and read about this policies so mm-hmm. that you, you can get a better understanding. You know,
2: where, you need to be, where you're at, where you need to be. exactly, you know, exactly, and, so. and it's just through, especially as being a parent. Next time you have to go interact with somebody on behalf of being a parent, the easiest one is public schools. <laughs> <laughs> go read all of the parental rights you have to sign off in order to enroll That's your cool. child in public school, you know, like Putnam City Schools, for instance, they have a behavioral report that they start on children from kindergarten. And it follows them through their graduating year, okay? My child got wrote up for domestic violence when he was eight. And my I was life, like,
1: excuse me? Like, like <laughs> domestic violence assault and battery,
2: okay? Oh, Seriously. He's a grown man. <laughs> yes, and they, but they have, look it up, they have words what? like this, like extortion, okay? And I'm like, are you talking about, like, telling somebody that the bubblegum costs you $20? Like, is that extortion? of right. a kindergartner? Right, right, you know right. what I mean? And so what I found out is when I signed my children into these schools, I gave them the right to say say what they wanted to put on that behavioral report. Now, I cannot have that report unless I ask the superintendent and he gives me permission. What?
1: That,
2: and that, and that is one of the policies of enrolling your children in public schools, at well, I mean, least she, here. I wonder who else,
1: like what other schools. So
2: there's another one. Senate bill, blah, blah, passed last year to where schools can now elect to hold a child back without the parents' consent if they do not pass their standardized test in third grade. And I went to my child's parent teacher conference and they were like, Did you sign that? You acknowledge this? No. Signing anything. Means you agree to a policy, not acknowledge anything, never sign anything. Yeah, you're right. You're right. To, that's no. the whole thing the military swear, has taught us. Yes. We read everything yes. before we sign it. Yes. And nothing yeah. I sign is an acknowledgement. Okay? True, right. Everything I sign is that I've approved something. Right, right, and right. so don't, don't let them trick you with those words. But that's what I found out was happening to parents. And so right. I was just like, we have no more rights. You don't, you don't the school has more rights to say if my child is educated than if I do. Right. The school has more rights to tell me about my child's behavior than I do. Right. And it was like everywhere I turned, I had to give up a right in order to accept a helper or a resource. That's fucking you want your child to be educated? over resources, people. right. And this, yeah. is, this is why you started your nonprofit. Know, so now everything I do the reason why we're not state or federally funded is because I don't have to comply with policies. There you go. If you don't fund me, I don't have to comply with you. So nobody funds me. That's funny. You I mean. know what I mean? That's awesome. Man. Yeah, that's well, what I learned in the army. We get close to the end of the show, guys. You know,
1: it's been a great freaking, and this has been a good show. Like I told you guys, I'm so excited to bring Linda on the show. She's freaking doing amazing things in our community. Thank you. You're doing awesome things. Like I said, she found her purpose. She got out. She found her purpose. Her purpose is to help. Her love language. Yeah. You can look at. It. Follow her on of Facebook. You're gonna see it. You're gonna see she's always helping people in the community, regardless of if they're freaking veterans or if they're not. It's her community. She's helping expand her community and find the resources that they need. Man. Yes. What else you got? For us, what else you want to say
2: about anything? You want to push your product? Push your nonprofit? Push your app? What else you got? Oh, okay. So get involved. I want to push this idea that. It takes us caring about each other in order to make a difference. And if we choose to not care about each other, then we'll always choose to allow the state to care. We don't like how the state cares about us. Yeah. The state does not care. We know from being service members that they give me two shits when we got out. Right. We're still fighting them today. Right. The state doesn't care as much as your neighbors can. What I do is what we can all do. I do it without a purpose to say it is free. Nobody pays me to do this. We just help each other because right. that's what I learned how to do. Um, if you would like to get involved, come out. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Linda with a Y Steele. Um, find me on the web at uh, childsworth.org or monitoryourrights.com, and I'll be around. See so you guys. Like I said, yeah, she's doing some awesome things.
1: Like I tell you guys, don't forget to smash that subscribe button or whatever. Yeah, you if you're on iTunes, it's a you can leave me a five-star review. Let me know this a good show. I don't know how this shit works. I'm still trying to learn <laughs> rhythms. I don't know how algorithms work. But like I said, guys, I'm always bringing on our family. My family on the show will show you hey, there's a purpose out there. When you get out. What's your run and reason? Why did you get out? What do you want me to do? What's your purpose? How are you building your community? You can build your community with Linda because she's still help you. That's what she does. She helps you get where you want to be, man. Appreciate it, Lena. Appreciate you coming Thanks. out, hanging out with me this Friday. Yes. I love it. I love doing awesome. this, guys. I thank you guys for hanging out with us this Friday. Remember, guys, I'm on every platform. <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, iHeartRadio. Soon to be on freaking Pandora as soon as they approve it. It's everywhere. If I'm not out there where well, you can listen to me on your drive to work, let me know so I can upload it so you guys oh, can get get my mind right. Shit. Yeah, thank you. Trying to get high, trying Smoke just to chill There on no present, shit Licking in my bed. niggas
0: put it still When your life's going down Grab a pound, smoke, chill, relax It's Friday, you ain't got a job We gon' get high today Darker the flesh, the dick of the roots Grin of the weed, you know it's true Puff, puff, pass, trying to get high That high blood pressure We coming down